والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم We're gathered to sing your praises in hopes of acceptance and divine love Without your guidance and eternal phrases we could not pray fast or hope from above May your peace eternally reign upon the beloved, his family, friends, and followers till the last day. May our flesh, blood, and that we covet be sacrificed for him and his noble way. Grant us the goblet of ikhlas and sincerity, so we may drink to our heart's content, thus reaching our goals of servitude and prosperity, avoiding your displeasure and eternal lament. Amma ba'd. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We find ourselves at the beginning of the year and this is the time when many people speak of resolutions, things that we want to change. We're always pondering over these things. But today I want you to think of a person, someone who was very close to you. And Alhamdulillah, I believe we all have one of these people. Whether you want to see this as a blessing or not Think of a person close to you Someone who passed away last year This person should be an individual Who you were not expecting to pass away They weren't old They weren't sick Just something happened The hukam of Allah And their lives are no more They were also not expecting to pass Imagine the good times that you had together how many times you laughed together, the tears you shared, the good and the bad. They are no longer here. So let us put ourselves in their shoes for a moment. I hope that everyone has someone that they can think of. If we were in their shoes, did they expect not to witness this year? Was that in their expectations this time last year that they will not expect, that they will not be there for the next year? Did they behave as someone who was prepared to leave this dunya? Did they take care of their debts? Did they fulfill and, and strengthen their family bonds and their relationships? Did they take care of all of their loose ends? The most probable answer to this is no. They did not. Now let's ask ourselves. What would those individuals do? Those beloved people to us, close individuals, friends, family members, associates. If they had one more year, how would they behave in that year? If they had one more month, or even a week, or a day. If they were given that time, would they behave differently than they did in the previous year? The most probable answer to this is yes. They would behave differently. They would act differently if they knew that they had a year or a month or a week or a day. In some narrations, it's narrated that Ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma, the son of Umar radiallahu anhu, after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa passed away, Ibn Umar was passing by some graves. So he had with him his companions. They were traveling. They saw some graves next to them. Ibn Umar anhu got off of his conveyance and he performed two rak'ahs of salah when he saw those graves. 
So then the companions of Ibn Umar, they were wondering, are these special people? Is there a reason why you got off particularly at this place? Remember, he was a great Sahabi, one of the great Imams and scholars of this Ummah amongst the Sahaba themselves, narrating almost among the, the few that narrates the most amount of ahadith. He was a great scholar. So they wanted to follow every aspect of his life. So why did he get off of his conveyance? Why did he pray two extra rakahs by these graves? Are they someone special? Did he make dua for them? So when they asked him, he said, no, it's none of that. I don't know who these people are. They're no one special. They're no one significant. But as I passed by these graves, a thought came to my mind. And that thought is, what would these individuals give if they could pray to rakas? These people who are underneath the earth right now, if they were in their worldly lives, what would they have given to just pray two rakas to Allah? They would probably give everything that they owned. All of their wealth, every possession they had, all of their time, all of their family, just for two rakas. And I have that capability. So I didn't want this opportunity to pass me before I got off and I immediately performed the salah. I didn't wait till the next masjid. I didn't wait till we got off to our destination. He performed the two rakas right there. This was the attitude of the sahaba. They knew that their lives could end at any second. And they valued every single moment that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them. Let us ask ourselves this question. What assurance do we have that we will live until the next year? Have there been individuals at our, in our age group who have passed away last year? Have there been people who are our associates who passed away last year? Family members? People younger than us? People in better situations than us? People with more mal, more money? People with better health? There definitely have been. Many examples. We don't have to look far to find these examples. Now let's ask our questions, a question to ourselves. What guarantee do we have that we're going to live until next year? This time next year, will I be alive? I have no idea. There's no guarantee. When we come into this world, there is a certain tartib and order. A child cannot precede their parents. It doesn't make any sense. Our children cannot be born before us. But there is no system and no order in the way we go. That child can die before the parent. And many times that is the case. If we have expectations for a long life, just like our companions who have passed away in the previous year, what would happen if our lives are cut short? All of those expectations, what would happen? It would go away. And Rasulullah in one hadith Let's us know that our expectations of our lives actually outweigh and outspan our own lives. In one hadith narrated by Imam al-Bukhari, Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu states, One time Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in deep thought. He was pondering. He had a stick with him. And he was etching something into the sand. Of course, the Sahaba were very curious what is the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam doing into the sand? He drew a rectangle. Rasulullah Sallallahu Wasallam with the stick drew a rectangle. And in that rectangle from one end to the other he drew a line 
it started with one side of the rectangle and exceeded the box of the rectangle and kept on going outward. This is the drawing of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And within the rectangle, he drew small lines. So you have a rectangle, you have a line that goes, surpasses the rectangle. Within the rectangle, you have some lines. And so the Sahaba were watching this. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told them, هذا الإنسان وهذا أجله محيطا به أو قد أحاط به وهذا الذي هو خارج أمله وهذه الخطط الصغار الأعراض. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam explained his drawing. This is not the little the drawing of of something that you and I make. This is the drawing of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Not of an animate picture, but a depiction of our lives. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that rectangle is insan. It's you and I. And the one side of the rectangle is his birth. The other side of the rectangle is his death. And this line that you see that goes, starts from his birth, comes to his death and surpasses his death. It goes beyond. Those are his hopes, his desires, his expectations that he has for himself. Every one of us has an amount in our minds. I'm going to live to a hundred. I'm going to live to 80. I'm going to do such and such. I'm going to open up such a business. I'm going to be this close to Allah. I'm going to have such and such family. That's that line. It goes beyond our lives. We're thinking far ahead. And those lines that are in the box itself, those are the events of our lives. Things that come, they pass. And that line keeps going. The box keeps going. Difficulties come. Ease comes. But they come and they go. فَإِنْ أَخْطَأَهُ هَذَا نَهَشَهُ هَذَا وَإِنْ أَخْطَأُهُ هَذَا نَشَهُ هَذَا Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, If one thing comes to them and you know, they successfully pass that test, another test is to come. If that second test defeats them, Maybe they'll be able to pass in a certain way. But no matter what, they will reach the end of their lives. Things will happen, they will reach the end of their lives. But the point of this, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam shows us practically, we can see the teaching method of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That our hopes, our desires, our expectations for life go beyond the amount that Allah has allotted for us. Allah knows how long we will live. But we behave as if we're not going to die. We act as if that is something that is not going to happen. We all admit, yes, I'm going to pass away one day. I have a finite life. There is an akhirah. We have to admit this if we're Muslim. But the way we behave is not like that. We do not behave like the Sahaba. When Ibn Umar passed by those graves, he immediately acted upon that thought. How often do we delay? How often do we do tasweef? We say... I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And, it, and that time come, it never comes. If our desires that we have, the good desires, they're not started today, that time may never come. We have to tell ourselves this. Whatever we have planned for our lives, let it not be out of that rectangle. Make sure it happens within the rectangle. If we do not, then let's tell ourselves we're going to die before that happens. That's, it's, a state, it's a bitter statement, but the reality of life is also bitter. 
Whatever we want to do, we have to do it now. At least start it now. There's many things, inshallah, I want to talk about regarding mouth. And it is a morbid subject, of course, but that's what we invite. As Muslims, we don't run away from death. We embrace it. We know that this life is transitory. It allows us to get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's pleasure. The real life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, the home of the hereafter, that's the true life. And we believe every single word in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about death in the Quran. In many verses, Allah says, Kullu nafsin Every single soul, every single individual will taste death. Allah says tasting, death is a taste. Why? Because you experience it. The entire body, when you taste something good or bad, the entire body will react. If you have some very tasty food, your entire, your entire body is going to react. Your mind is going to react positively. Chemicals are going to be released. You're going to get shivers perhaps. Depends on how much you like food. And if you taste something very bitter, the entire body is going to react. It's no wonder Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word tasting for when it comes to death. This is an experience. And when you taste something, you can't put that into words. Someone who has studied about honey for their entire life. They got a PhD in the chemical properties of honey. They wrote a whole thesis on honey. But they've never been able to taste honey in their life. They have less experience with honey than a small child who's been able to taste it. That is the power of taste. You cannot put it into words. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Death is such an experience that no one can put this into words. You'll only know that pain or that experience when it comes. كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِقَةُ الْمَوْتِ وَإِنَّمَا تُوَفَّوْنَ أُجُورَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ On Yawm Al-Qiyamah, you are going to be given your rewards. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, there's difficulties that occur in the life of the dunya. And we have to toil and we have to work hard. And you may not see the rewards, you may not reap the fruits of your efforts in dunya. But we don't care about that. Allah says, وَإِنَّمَا تُوَفَّوْنَ أُجُورَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ You will get your rewards on qiyamah. Not in dunya. Maybe you won't have fancy items, a beautiful house, a large family, fancy items. But that is reserved for you in the hereafter. فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَازِ In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us what is true success. The individual who has been able to avoid the fire of Jahannam and has been placed in Jannah, that is success. As Muslims, we do not measure success in dunya by material possessions. This is not our measure of success. And in reality, we can't measure success here. Because Allah tells us success is shown on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. When you and I are placed in Jannah, inshaAllah, and we are saved from the fire of Jahannam, then we'll be able to say I was successful. That is why there's a very famous person, very pious individual who passed away some time ago. He used to say in his speeches, I do not know if I, he was a great scholar, given a speech, I don't know if I am better or the kuffar walking outside. Sitting in the masjid, an imam saying, I don't know if I'm better or a kafir outside. Why? I don't know that last moment in my life, if I leave Islam, 
And that kafir outside, in the last moment of his life, he accepts Islam. Then in reality, he's better and I'm worse. We will only know our situation on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. At the end of this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ This dunya is nothing but a dirty rag. A rag full of deception. Something that should not be kept inside the heart, that should be utilized and then thrown away. Do not be deceived by dunya, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us. In Surah Fatir, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the time when it comes, our time. And Allah knows what that time is. وَلَوْ يُؤَاخِذُ اللَّهُ النَّاسَ بِمَا كَسَبُوا مَا تَرَكَ عَلَى ظَهْرِهَا مِنْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if he was to take us to task for the evil that we have done, all of us have done plenty of evil. If Allah was to take us to task for a single sin that you and I have done, then there would be no creature on earth. No one would remain. وَلَكِنْ يُؤَخِرُهُمْ إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives people respite. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them a time limit. Do as you wish. The time for respite is going to be over soon. The time for judgment is to come. فَإِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ بِعِبَادِهِ بَصِيرًا When the time limit does come, and it will come, then Allah knows exactly what you have done. Allah has seen everything you have done. Allah has it recorded by the angels. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward you or punish you based off of that. These are the ayat of the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us very clearly. In Surah Al-Mulk, it's highly recommended that we recite Surah Al-Mulk on a daily basis. At night, inshaAllah, those who are habitual of reciting the surah, it is mentioned in the hadith that this person will be saved from the punishment of the grave. The first two verses of Surah Al-Mulk, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us why He created life, why He created death. What is our purpose? Why did Allah create this? تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي بِيَدِهِ الْمُلْكِ وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Blessed is the individual. Blessed is Allah. In whose hands lies the dominion of the universe. In Allah's power lies the universe. He has power over everything. الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبَلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا He is the one that created life. He is the one that created death. Why? So he can test who does the best actions. Which one of you is going to be best in deeds? This is the purpose. This is the purpose why Allah created us. What is our purpose in life? He is mighty. He can take us to task. But he's also ghafoor. He can forgive us if he wants. So what is the message? What do we do? People have come before. Just last year, we, every one of us knows someone. A friend, a family member, they're not here anymore. We have no guarantee, no guarantee. And the fact that we feel like we have a guarantee is proof that this is deception. Right now, one of us could pass away. It's in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After the Jumu'ah, we can be going home, something can happen, we can pass away. In one hadith, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma. He says, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa grabbed my shoulder. فقال, and he gave me some pertinent advice. كُنْ فِي الدُّنْيَا كَأَنَّكَ غَرِيبْ أَوْ عَابِرِ سَبِيلٍ 
Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam grabbed Abdullah ibn Umar to show how important the advice is that he is about to impart. He says to him, be in dunya as if you are a stranger or someone crossing a road. <coughs> that is how your attitude should be. When you're in dunya, you're living this place. Why? Because this is a transitory place. You're not here forever. You're a gharib. You're a stranger. Walking through a town. You don't belong here. This is not your home. You're crossing a road. Abir Sabil. What is Abir Sabil? Someone who walks across the road. You just cross the road. That is your example with dunya. That's all dunya is. It's a road. Sometimes it's longer for others. Sometimes that road is shorter for others. But that road will come to an end. And we will reach our destination. Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah, he used to say, this is recorded in Sahih al-Bukhari. What was the effect of this advice on Ibn Umar? We saw how he behaved before. He got off of his conveyance. As soon as he, heard, he saw someone pass away, he didn't delay in his a'mal. He says, إِذَا أَمْسَيْتَ فَلَا تَنْتَظِرِ الْمَصَاحِ إِذَا أَمْسَيْتَ فَلَا تَنْتَظِرِ الصَّبَاحِ وَإِذَا أَصْبَحْتَ فَلَا تَنْتَظِرِ الْمَسَاءِ وَخُذْ مِنْ صِحَّتِكَ لِمَرَضِكَ وَمِنْ حَيَاتِكَ لِمَوْتِكَ Ibn Umar anhu's advice. He's parting this advice to the tabi'een. He says, when you wake up, then do not expect the night. And when you're at nighttime, do not expect the daytime. This is how he lived his life. Sahaba won't give advice that they don't practice on. This was not their temperament. They were not people of extravagance. They said what was in their minds and their hearts. When you wake up, don't expect that night. When you experience the night, don't expect the day. This is the advice of Ibn Umar, which reflects the advice of Rasulullah given to him. Anas radiallahu anhu, another great Sahabi, who spent a very great amount of time with Rasulullah When Nabi sallallahu went to Medina, Anas radiallahu anhu was a child, around 10 years of age. His parents told Nabi sallallahu take him as your khadim, your servant. So he would continuously serve Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa It was around in his early 20s when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa passed away. He says a person came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and asked him, when is Yawmul Qiyamah? Wouldn't we like to know? Everyone has this question. When, when is Yawmul Qiyamah? What's going to happen on Yawmul Qiyamah? You know, what are the events that are going to occur? When is it going to occur? We're all very curious. When does the world get destroyed? Tell us stories about the Jal. Tell us stories about how Isa salam, is going to come. About Ya'juj, Ma'juj. Very interesting. So he asks Nabi Wasallam, When is Yawmul Qiyamah? And Nabi Wasallam answers him in a very wise fashion. So I could take a break right here and talk about this uslub, the style of Nabi Wasallam In the field of rhetoric, Arabic rhetoric, you call this uslub al-hakim. The style of the wise. In one ayah, some people came to Rasulullah and they asked him, What is this moon? We see the moon starts as a crescent, a hilal. It gets halfway full, then it becomes a badr. Badr is called a full moon. And then it, it waxes, it wanes, it comes and it goes. What is all this? Ask Allah. If you're the messenger of Allah, tell us what it is. What was the answer? It's in Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْأَهِلَّةِ They ask you about the hilal. Hilal means the crescent, the new moon. قُلْ هِيَ مَوَاقِيتُ لِلنَّاسِ وَالْحَجِّ Tell them 
Not what they want. The answer is, there's a reflection from the sun, depending on the position of the moon. It will look differently. The moon doesn't create its own light. That's the answer we know. And that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created it. But what is the answer of Allah? This is what the Arabs wanted. They wanted the scientific answer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them, forget about what they want. Tell them what they need. Tell them, use the moon. The moon is used to tell time, when the month starts, when it finishes. And it tells you when Hajj starts. Don't ask further questions. This is called Uslubul Hakim. When the individual, he tells you what you need instead of what you want. So this Sahabi came to Rasulullah sallallahu He says, when is Yawm Al-Qiyamah? Mata Sa'a? Did Nabi sallallahu tell him when it was? He told him what he needed. He said, Mada a'adatta laha? Okay, Qiyamah is coming. We talk about it. This is our belief. What have you prepared for Qiyamah? This is what's going to benefit you. What have you done? Your Qiyamah is when you die. The day you die, that's your Sa'a. You'll be resurrected on Yawm Al-Qiyamah after that. But what have you done? And the, the rest of the hadith is a very beautiful hadith. The Sahabi says, I've done nothing. I've done nothing with my life. The only thing I have is I love Allah and I love Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then responded, Anta ma'aman ahbabt. You will be with who you love. On Yawm Al-Qiyamah, if you love me, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying, you'll be with me. Where is Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam going to be? So Anas anhu he says, the amount of happiness we experienced on that day, I cannot tell you. That was the most, one of the most happiest days of my life. And in the rest of the hadith, he says, I love Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I love Abu Bakr, I love Umar, and I love Uthman, and I hope to be with them, even though my a'mal is nothing like theirs. So there is hope. And the ironic thing is, Ironic thing, we're talking about death here, pondering over death. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa recommends this highly in the hadith. He says, Continuously remember the thing that breaks your desires. Continuously remember death. If you ponder over death, your desires will diminish. What fun is there in buying so many different things when I'm going to die today? What fun is there in eating, in fulfilling all of my shahawat and my desires if I'm going to die tonight? There's no fun. He says, continuously remember that which crushes your desires. Continuously remember your finite and limited time in dunya. But the ironic part, this is the hikmah of sharia. Why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this beautiful deen. And the wise words of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa telling us to continuously remember death. The ironic part is, if you want to truly live your life, you have to live as if you're going to die today. The people who live their life to the fullest are those who know that they're going to die soon. If we say, I'm going to die after a hundred years, we will delay everything that we want to do till that hundredth year. But if I'm going to die tonight, let me fix up my matters. Let me make sure everything is set. Let me make sure I'm not upset with anyone, they're not upset with me. In one hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, يُبْعَثُ كُلُّ عَبْدٍ عَلَى مَا مَاتَ عَلَيْهِ It's narrated by Imam Muslim. Every single slave of Allah will be resurrected the way they died. How do you want to be resurrected? Do you want to be resurrected in an intoxicated state? Do you want to be resurrected in a state that you are sinning against Allah? Or do you want to be resurrected in sujood? Do you want to be resurrected fasting? Do you want to be resurrected in a way that Allah is happy with me? That I am following the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa 
Let us ask ourselves these questions. Let us wake up. In another hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is reported to have said, أَعْذَرَ اللَّهُ إِلَى مْرِئٍ أَخَّرَ أَجَلَ حَتَّى بَلَغَ سِتِينَ سَنَا Allah gives an excuse to a person until they reach 60 years of age. After 60 years, this person has no excuse. Many of us are not 60. Many of us have passed 60. But in this hadith, Nabi sallallahu says, If on Yawm Al-Qiyamah you have gone beyond 60 years of age, you have no excuse. You had plenty of time to return to Allah. What is your excuse? Allah gave you a very long life. And this is Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is saying this. This is the words of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa before he passed away, of course. And how old was Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa 63 years old. 62, 63 years old. So there is no, nothing we can say once we've reached this age. Let us prepare for that. If we cannot imagine that I'm going to die at the end of 2023, let me at least imagine that I have 60 years. If I can't do that. Make it less, let me say I have 10 years left. If you can't do one year, aim for that. Ten years from now, I'm dead. What do I do from now? If you can't do one year, that's ideal. One year from now. What's ideal is what the Sahaba said, tomorrow, tonight. That's how much time we have. But most of us are incapable of this. Let's try for one year. If you can't do a ten year, at the most, 60 years of age. Plan for that. You might die much before that. And you've already passed that time and you need to rush. I'm sorry, I sound very bitter. But these are the words of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If we're past 60 years of age, what are we doing? If we're not praying our salah anymore, we're not giving our zakah, we haven't done hajj, we have feuds with our family members, grudges, we have all of these issues. So many salahs I've missed, they're just sitting there. Who's going to perform that? If I'm after 60 years of age? I'm going to die very soon. Now some practical steps. What can we do? We've heard about death. We're scared. What do we do about death? Number one, fix our affairs. Fix your affairs with your family. Find out those people who have some issue with you. Find out why. You be the one to go to them. They have wronged you. You are oppressed. Forgiveness is not that you have oppressed someone and then you ask them for... Or or, or that you... You forgive them. Forgiveness is someone has done wrong to you and you forgive them. Not that they ask you for forgiveness. So many people have done us wrong. Let's forgive them. If we want forgiveness from others, do you want on Yawm Al-Qiyamah that you, you give them your a'mal because you've oppressed them? So fix our affairs with our family members. Find out if you don't know. If you're ignorant of what you have done to other people, do some research. Find out what you've done. Forgive those people who have done you wrong. Or go to them, talk to them, settle it. Regarding debts, this is something that's not often spoken about. Rasulullah in the very beginning, he would ask when someone dies, imagine, you, imagine Sahabi, Sahabi passes away. It's time to do the Janazah Salah. Nabi asks a question, does this Sahabi have debt? Do they owe anyone any money? If the answer was yes, Nabi Sallallahu wouldn't pray the janazah. We take our debts very lightly. Thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes in debt. This was not something taken lightly by Rasulullah He wouldn't pray a sahabi's janazah. What about you and I? Solve these debts. 
Later on when Nabi Sallallahu became more wealthy He be, did become very wealthy at the end of his life Although he lived very poorly As a, a person without much He would pay off their debts for them And then he would perform the janazah Number three So family Fix our ties with our family Fix our debts And these could be things that we've harmed people with too That's a debt You owe that person You have to go to them and say sorry Fix our relationship with Allah. This is the purpose of life. If we're not going to fix a relationship with Allah, then your life is meaningless. has no meaning. How do we fix our relationship with Allah? Number one, repent. Do tawbah. Look at what we're doing. All of us have sinned. And if we don't know what sin we're doing, we're ignorant of our own sins, which is even worse. Let us do tawbah. Let us return back to Allah. There's so many things we haven't done. How many salahs are there that I haven't done? Since I became baligh, since I came of age, how many salahs have I skipped, have I missed, have I not performed? Guess how much those are. Do an accurate guess. Many, very few people know how many they missed. Write them out. Start performing them. If you cannot fulfill it in this year, at least you started. Try to make it done by this year. Find out how much zakah we haven't paid. Since you are baligh, if you have the amount, let us educate ourselves about this as well. Many people don't know the rules of zakat. I would say 90% of people don't even know how to give the zakat. Educate ourselves. Find out how many years have passed me and I didn't give the zakat. Give that. If I haven't gone for hajj, let's start prioritizing. Whatever amount of fasting I have missed, there's some penalties as well. When it comes closer to Ramadan, I'm going to speak about those inshallah. If Allah Ta'ala gives tawfiq. These are, these are how we get close to Allah. What point is there in us doing so much extra nawafil and we, we have so much missed salah? After that, after we've done that, start doing a'mal salihah. When are we going to learn how to recite the Qur'an? When? We don't know how to do it now. When are we going to do that? When are we going to pray tahajjud? We hear about these things. We don't do them. When are we going to give in sadaqah? The time is now. Imam Nawawi rahimahullah in his Riyadh al-Salihin, he quotes some people as saying, the people of Medina, there used to be, many scholars were there in Medina, but the general public in Medina Munawwara, Imam Nawawi is in the 600s, right now it's the 1400s. Imam Nawawi says, the people of Medina, they would be businessmen, they would be doing different things. When they reach 40 years of age, they would retire and only do a'mal for the rest of their life. At 40, they would retire. They're done with their business. We don't retire till we're mid-60s. And as we've seen in the hadith, Nabi Wasallam says, If you reach 60, don't expect to have any excuse before Allah. If you haven't started doing your a'mal. Let us learn how to recite. Let us learn how to practice our deen. Let us ponder over death. Nabi Wasallam says this, Uzkuru Continuously remember death every morning, every evening. Remember, this may be my last day. And one very important thing, I know I've gone beyond the time. I ask brothers and sisters who are you know, going to work, I, I am aware sometimes I go beyond the time. I ask you for your forgiveness, for my lack of understanding. I just have something I wanted to share. The Sahaba, radiallahu anhum. <coughs> There was something else. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa he, he says in a hadith, مَا حَقُّ مِرِئٍ مُسْلِمٍ لَهُ شَيْءٌ يُوصِي فِيهِ يَبِيتُ لَيْلَتَيْنِ إِلَّا وَوَصِيَتُهُ مَكْتُوبَةٌ عِنْدَهِ It's narrated by Imam Bukhari. It is incorrect for a Muslim 
who has a wasiyah, who has something that they have, that they want to give when they die. It's incorrect. If you have a will, if you're thinking, I have assets, I want to give to my family members, I want to give to this person, that person, before I die. It's wrong for you to experience two nights and you don't have that written under your pillow. You need to have your will written. Many of us say, oh, I'm going to live another five, ten years, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next month. What if you die tonight? Who knows what's going to happen to your stuff? Write your will down. Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah, he says, مَا مَرَّتْ عَلَيَّ لَيْلَ مُنذُ سَمِعْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ قَالَ ذَلِكَ إِلَّا وَعِنْدِي وَصِيَّتِي Ibn Umar says, as soon as I heard this from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a single night did not pass me by where I did not have my will written. And in some narrations, he had it under his pillow. He would edit it. I got something new. Okay, if I die tonight, this camel that I got belongs to this person. If I die tonight, this is how much debt I have incurred. Please pay this off. Who is doing this? The sunnah of the sahaba is gone now. Let us revive this. And I'll finish with a poem that Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah, he states in the beginning of Riyadh al-Salihin, talking about the special slaves of Allah and their attitude towards this life. He says, إِنَّ لِلَّهِ عِبَادًا فُطَنًا طَلَّقُوا الدُّنْيَا وَخَافُوا الْفِتَنًا نَظَرُوا فِيهَا فَلَمَّا عَلِمُوا أَنَّهَا لَيْسَتْ لِحَيٍّ وَطَنًا جَعَلُوهَا لُجَّةً وَاتَّخَذُوا صَالِحَ الْأَعْمَالِ فِيهَا سُفَنًا Imam al-Nawawi quotes the poet as saying, Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has some very, very intelligent slaves. They have divorced this dunya and they fear a fitna in their iman, in their a'mal. They fear something's going to happen to their iman. They're not content. They've divorced this world. They looked at this dunya. They saw the character traits of this dunya. And they realized this is not the place for a person to stay forever. This is not the place for me to take as a home. They have made this dunya into an ocean. And they have made their good actions as a boat. And they're sitting on that boat and they're traversing this ocean. And they know that they're going to reach their destination soon. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us this realization. To give us tawfiq to prepare for death. Let this be our resolution. We don't know if we're going to survive another day, let alone another year. But there have been many who have come, and last year they died. We don't know if we're going to be here for the next year. Let us live as if this is our last year.